Coming up on today's Locked On Senators, following Sunday's Alex Dabrinkit trade, Pierre Dorian spoke to the media today, and it doesn't sound like he's finished adding. Woo, fire up the rumor mill. Here we go. We also have another one of our DevCamp interviews today. It's Tyler Clevin. Plus, Pierre Dorian announced this morning that Kevin Mandelazy, a friend of the show, is back with the organization. We'll give you all the details and wonder... Where's he going to play next year? That's coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Senators podcast. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Lockdown Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 839 of the Lockdown Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains, please like and subscribe wherever you download your podcast. We're also free and available on YouTube, where yesterday we had our biggest non-mock draft show ever. So we thank everybody. Wings fans, welcome to Locked On Senators. Obviously, a lot of interest there with Alex Dabrinkit being moved to the Wings. If you haven't seen that yet, you can go check that out on YouTube. Also available on your favorite audio podcast platform. Today is Tuesday, July 11th. And Pilsy, we've lived this podcast through the Eric Carlson trade, through the Mark Stone trade, to a lesser extent, Matthew Shane, Ryan Dezingle. You could go on and on. I don't feel that disappointed knowing that Alex Dabrinkit won't be playing for the Sens anymore. Yeah, this one certainly feels different, Ross. And you'd almost think that this one would be the one that hurts the most because the all, all the other ones, sure, there were more prominent Sens players. Pajot. Yes, Pajot too. And they were core guys that fans loved and that had been around and had good memories. But those guys it was almost inevitable they had to leave because this team was rebuilding as a fire sale. So they had to go. Whereas Alex Dabrinkit was brought in to take the next step. So this, this should have been closer to the Duchesne deal, right? Like this was like, okay, we feel like our team's in a good spot. Let's make a push to bring in one elite, elite talent. And that's going to get us where we need to go. And neither of those guys lasted very long. And you would have thought that this would have been Sens fans being like, oh, no, we're taking a step back here. Like, we're trading away guys again. But that's not how it feels at all. In fact, Ross, I almost feel the other way. Like, I'm I'm relieved that Alex Dabrinkit isn't a kind of gray cloud hovering over this fan base anymore. He's gone. We're moving on. And, Ross, we're what? One, we're one episode off the trade episode and we're already like, okay, who's the next guy in? Like, it's not even, there's no grieving process. There's no panic button. It's like onwards and upwards. Let's go. I mentioned on Twitter three weeks ago, I said, I kind of want him to go to Detroit. Like, let's get that rivalry where it needs to be in the years to come. A lot of polls coming out today, Ottawa, Buffalo, Detroit, who's got the best chance at playoffs. And Pilsy, I feel like I'm looking in the mirror when I watch locked on Red Wings yesterday because that was us. We were like, oh, we got to bring it. We're a playoff team. We forgot how bad the decor was, and I think the Wings fans are starting to feel the same way. They're telling me how great Seaman Edmondson is, and I don't doubt it in the future, 
but you can't look me in the eye and say that decor is going to win you any games this year. So I also don't think they really can outscore their problems because I mean, you got a 27 goal score. Yes. He'll probably be 35, 40. Next <laughs> I, uh, let's, yeah. Let's enough of this 40 goal score stuff for Alex to break it. He's a 27 goal score. All right. Let's call it how it is. Hey, we saw his last goal as an Ottawa Senator up co- close and personal yep. right on Brian Elliott. He and Igor Sokolov each had a goal in that game. So who's better? You be the judge, but no, in all seriousness, I just, I'm not scared to try it. Let's put it that way. And who wants it, right? Who wants it? Yeah, you're, you're very bold and confident about this. I, yeah. I, I'll i say I'm a little bit scared of Detroit just oh. because I, I see what they're building. But like as head-to-head, these two teams next year, Ottawa still has the clear advantage in my it's, opinion. It's Buffalo that's, that's a team to watch for. I almost think Detroit and Buffalo are, are at the same yeah. spot. I don't know, man. Buffalo at least has like, they can come at you in waves a little bit more. Like Alex talk, what a pickup he's been. And anyways, that's getting way off topic, but we'll have full time for previews before the season because we are your team every day. This is the final week of five shows a week. And then we're going down to three shows for the rest of summer, gearing back up with all sorts of rumors ahead of next season. Why? Because while Pierre Dorian was on TSN 1200 today, before we get to that, let's quickly go over the Alex DeBrinket situation because Dorian was very candid, I'd say. And again, Grain of salt, GM in the middle of negotiation. He felt he got the best return possible. We also have to get into the rumored package from the New York Islanders. Very interesting. Uh, When that came out yesterday, Arthur Staple posted that one. But he said basically he could tell in the exit interview. He said, I I can just picture him telling DJ right after to break it left. Like, yeah, he's gone. (laughs) Right? Like at that point, they kind of knew. And it was just semantics from that point forward where, oh, I'll let you know, guys. I'll let you know. So, he had one foot out the door the whole time. And again, I'm not blaming him. He didn't ask to get traded from Chicago. He was sent somewhere he didn't want to be. Sure, use your leverage, do whatever. He got what he wanted. He's in Detroit. Beautiful Detroit is where he ends up. That's cool. He gets to go home. I respect it. But still, you kind of just have to wash your hands with it and away you go. Pilsy, what did you think of the rumor that it was Jean-Gabriel Pajot, Oliver Wallstrom, and a 2025 first round pick from the New York Islanders in exchange for Alex to I'll say I'm glad the Sens didn't do that deal. And look, we love Pajot, the memories. Uh, what's the, what's that's the absolutely sick, <laughs> not that one. Um, or goals. That's absolutely sick. Was Come it on. Dean or Gord that said, now the only question is where are they going to build the statue? And then they said that the three bridges, like the Portage Bridge, the Alexandria Bridge, and I'm, I'm blanking on the other one right now, they're going to rename them Jean-Gabriel. <laughs> hey, over the Ottawa River between Gatineau and Ottawa. Like that, that's all. The memories are unreal, but yes. like there's just – they have so many other needs. That isn't a fit. And then I would have been like, they got Pajot. Like what's going to happen with Shane Pinto? Because Pajot yeah. is a third-line center. I'm glad they stayed away from that. As as great as nostalgia is, Pilsy, you and I know that. Getting a player on an expiring contract who Pierre Dorian said wants to play in Ottawa, I think Kubelik's prime for, for a solid year. I was talking to a friend at work today, big Blackhawks fan. Um, so he he saw Kubelik score 30 as a rookie. Yeah. He called him a poor man's Patrick Line. So take from that what you will. Okay. He said he said maybe 
the effort will, won't be questioned like it is sometimes, but streaky score, but yeah. always that one-timer. And we talked about that. Like, they score in the same type of way. So I'm not saying that it's Patrick Laine, but you're getting an offensively gifted score in the trade. And, of course, we talked about it yesterday. The first-round pick is the biggest asset coming back, even beyond Kubalik and what he could do as a 27-year-old. Yeah, I, I agree, because I... I... I'll maintain my position that that first round pick is going to be used to acquire something bigger or at least different. I'll say that. Um, now, where is that going to go? There's lots of rumors going around, but yeah, I'm definitely glad they went the Detroit route over the Islanders route. If that was the deal on the table, let me know in the comments. We want to know in the comments after 300 yesterday, we want the comment section to be like a, a chat form as well. So, yeah. Hey, Comment on other people's comments. Let everyone know what you think here on Locked On Senators on YouTube. If you're listening, wherever you get your podcast, please rate us five stars and let us know what you think of the show on social media at Send Central on Twitter, LockedOn.Senators on Instagram. We'll have plenty of time to slot players in and have rumors going. But Pilsy, live interviews, there's something about them that just makes it a little more personal than just having a guy on Zoom. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and especially, Ross, for certain players, uh, you know, maybe they're not able to kind of connect over or resume as well, uh, especially some of the newer guys. So it, it was good to build a closer connection and relationship by being right beside them in that room. Clevin especially, and we're going to get to his interview today. We also have Hoyt yep. Stanley coming up and then Oscar Pedersen with Philip Nordberg, Tyler Boucher as well. Mm -hmm. But Clevin, I felt more than any of them. And maybe it's just the maturity. He's the oldest of the players at Dev Camp. He was all eye contact. He was very like, you know, he was confident. He was poised. And I think that's going to translate to the ice. Like just a guy who came in here, played eight at NHL games. And man, the future's bright. If he can develop into a legitimate, like top four, top five, you know, be that solid presence on a third pair. A-Train-esque, maybe, maybe a little mm -hmm. Volchenkov in him. If he could be a hybrid of Anton Volchenkov and Matt Karkner, the Sens have a, a complete winner on their hands there. But uh, yeah, great interview coming up. I think people will appreciate his love for the city of Ottawa and why he's a big fan. Before we, or I should say after the interview, we're going to ask, are the Senators shopping for another forward? If so, who should they target throughout the rest of the offseason? Is that first round pick they got from Detroit in play? We'll get into all that and discuss Kevin Mandelazy signing a one-year contract extension. That's coming up. You're listening to Locked On Senators. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. You guys know that they are the official sportsbook partner of the Locked On Podcast Network, and they are America's number one sportsbook for a good reason. It's the best sportsbook app out there, Ross. Pilsy, breaking news. We'll do it. We'll do it after this ad. Breaking news. Okay. All so right. And is out as assistant GM for the Ottawa Senators. But FanDuel, you can't. <laughs> I wonder what the odds on that would have been on FanDuel. But Ross, I can tell you it's MLB season and the uh, odds for the home run derby were a lot of fun. I felt sure that Vladdy was going to win it this time. Last time he was so close and I put my money where my mouth is. I believe it was at plus 350 odds. So I was dialed in to the home run derby last night and it was a lot of fun having some skin in the game and you can do that as well you can go to FanDuel and 
for your first bet, you can get 10 times your amount in bonus bets up to $200. So a $20 bet, you can land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. So sign up today at fanduel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Today's episode is also brought to you by Shawarma Palace. Shawarma Palace is the only place to go for Shawarma in the city of Ottawa. Go visit any of their seven locations and get this. This upcoming weekend, Hope Volleyball, always a great event down in Ottawa. Go check them out. They got the mobile Shawarma truck. You can go get your Shawarma Palace this weekend. Shawarma Palace has been our longtime sponsor. There's no one else I would rather have sponsor us as the official shawarma of locked on senders come on man it's shawarma palace and it's only shawarma palace i guess we got to rave about it a little bit more no it's the garlic sauce it's the chicken it's fuel filament so go check them out any of their seven locations in ottawa and follow them on social media to know where the shawarma truck is going to be because they will bring shawarma right to you they are also brought to you by uber Eats. so if you want to get them delivered right to you order at uber Eats. shawarma palace the only place to go for shawarma in ottawa is at shawarma palace now let's get to our interview with tyler clevin all right we now welcome a very special guest back to locked on senators it's tyler clevin now senators defenseman man it's lots changed since we last saw you yeah for sure just um made a transition to nhl and got some experience there and um yeah it's been good and just the way things worked out with covid and then i know some some personal things last year you couldn't make it up for dev camp so when you got here to play in the nhl was that your first time ever in ottawa yeah it was um yeah it was pretty crazy experience getting here late at night and um, just the process of um coming to the rink for the first time meeting everyone and um getting to know everyone too it was nice to have uh sandy and, and pinto here to help me out a lot um but, um, yeah, the whole process was, was pretty crazy, and uh, but I enjoyed every minute of it. Helps out for coming back here, knowing all the staff and everything? Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, coming back here for my first development camp now, it's, uh, um, it's, it's a lot easier knowing a lot of the faces here and um, feeling a little bit more comfortable. And, and being one of the older guys here, it's, it's been a good... Now, that's got to be so cool, uh, having four node accents here, like... Has it changed the dynamic of all your relationships going from college to pro? Like, are you guys still the, the same kids, just different jerseys? Or how has that kind of all uh, shaped out? Yeah, I mean, we were, we were pretty good buddies back in college and um, spent a lot of time together over a couple seasons. And um, Yeah, I think that just having them here, just um, being able to lean on them at times. Yeah, um, yeah it's been um, you know, very helpful and um, I'm glad that it's the way that it is. So you'll get a kick out of this. Uh, North Dakota is one of our most listened to areas in North America. And I think that obviously has a bit to do with it. You're a Fargo kid. Like what would be your number one memory that you took from your time in North Dakota? I know you scored the, the Penarosa game winning goal. Does that stand out or is it something else? I think that just the fans in North Dakota just playing the Ralph every night. That's uh, There's no experience like that. Um, 12,000 fans that are, um, cheering you on every night and um, the fireworks going off every time you score and um, Chelsea the, Dagger coming on. Yeah, <laughs> it's just I I'm gonna miss it for sure. But um, yeah, I just every time that you got an opportunity to put on that jersey it was special and um, I'm glad I got to do it for three years. Are you is your hometown close? Like where where are you training in the summer when you're back home? Yeah, just in Fargo, just an hour south of Grand Forks and 
Um, my, my training facility right now is my garage. It's been that <laughs> way for, um, many years now since COVID pretty much. And, um, I have a small group that I work out with and, um, we're really close and, uh, you know, they push me to my limits every day and very thankful for them. And, um, skating in Moorhead with, uh, Ethan Frisch and Will Borg and some nice. of the bigger names around that area. And, um, yeah, we have a lot of high school guys and college guys that come out and, uh, they're pretty good skates. So. Are you throwing the body around in summer skates? No. <laughs> Save that for the yeah, season, eh? Good yeah. call. Good call. Yeah. Now, uh, it's only day two of dev camp, but uh, how's it been so far? Is it everything you've expected, or wh- what's the feeling for you? Yeah, it's good. Um, good high-paced skates. Yep. Um, yeah, just coming in with, uh, you know, just trying to do everything I can to better myself and um, develop my game and, um you know it's not a week that i'm trying out for the team or anything like that it's just um you know it's a part of just a week in the summer where i need to get better and you know this is a great place to continue that so we obviously know you're a big hockey guy and you're watching the others from the ice and the bench is anyone standing out to you so far maybe someone you didn't know too much about beforehand yeah um there's a couple guys that i've been watching out there i think that uh um, Stanley's a pretty good skater. I've noticed him. Was he the full down pick? Yes. Yeah, yeah. He's a first selection for the Senators. Yeah. He looks like he uh, can skate pretty well. And a um, couple other guys out there, too, that stand out. And um, yeah, we got a good group out there. Yeah, no doubt. Is there any beef with uh, Stephen Halliday for decommitting to Nodak? We gave it to him last year for it, too. <laughs> no, I mean, everyone has their own route to college hockey. So um, his was, was to Ohio State. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'll be if there. Yeah, okay. Fine. And how do you like Ottawa now that uh, you, you were there for the end of the season and now you're here in the summer? What's kind of the vibe of Ottawa so far? I love being here. I think that it reminds me a lot of home, just okay. being able to drive to the rink and see the farmland as, yep. as you pass by. I mean, it's just like nothing that you'd expect coming to an NHL arena. Um, I think that my first trip was to New Jersey and – like seeing the the skyline and all that kind of stuff, I think that would overwhelm me a little bit. So just being able to come here and the fans have been so helpful. And um, yeah, I mean, obviously the team has been so well too. So um, yeah, really thankful and I love it here. We got a couple more for you. And obviously you were able to watch a little bit before getting into your first game. Was that huge for you? I know the game feels a little slower up watching where us fans make all the decisions and know everything we're talking about, but did it help you when you, when you did make your NHL debut? Yeah, I think so. Just I got I, I watched two games before I got my debut, and uh, you know, just seeing the structures and the systems a lot different than college hockey. Guys are, um, you know, that much smarter, that much faster, and um, your decision making has to be really quick. And when you know that they're going to be in a certain spot, that makes a big difference. So, um, yeah, I think that those two games, I you know, I tried to pick up everything I could and uh, you know apply when I got into my debut. Yeah, that's awesome. It was great. It was great to be able to see you wearing that Sens jersey. It felt good for sure. Now, final question for me is what's your main focus uh, this offseason? Like what's something that, you know, if there's one thing you want to improve or work on, what's the one thing you're really dialed in on? Yeah, I think that uh, the NHL is full of men and, you know, they're all 27 years old. They're around that age and they're all filled out. Yeah, I think that, you know, I just got to get a lot bigger and stronger and that uh, you know, being able to box guys out in front of the net is going to be a big part of me having success in this league. And um, so, just getting stronger is kind of my 
focus. And we get when you come in, you want to get your feet wet. You're making a lot of good, just simple plays. It felt like, hey, just off your partner, Nick Holden, I think probably helped you out a bit at the start too. And are we going to see a big K train hit around the co- around the center ice, they open ice soon or what? Yeah, I mean, just got to wait for the, the right time to do that. Um, it's a fast league and guys have their head up and yeah. it's the best players in the world. So we'll, uh, we'll find a great time for we'll be ready for a final question for me you'd represented your country at the uh, world championships what's the biggest lesson you took home from that yeah i think um you know just being able to go over there with my family and all that kind of stuff it was a great experience um biggest takeaway was uh so the big ice is is tricky eh? over there were you playing on the uh, on the wide surface yeah it was a bit of a hybrid over there but okay um yeah it was good Good experience over there. I think my biggest takeaway, um, I, I don't know. There, I mean, just being able to play with all those guys and having that experience. Couple, of, it's, it was basically an NHL setting over yeah. there. A lot of NHL guys over there. A lot of high end guys. So, just being able to continue to play my game and uh, grow it, uh, playing against a uh, high level. Uh, I think that's kind of my my biggest takeaway. Just keep keep doing what I'm doing. Well, that's Tyler Clevin. We're really excited to see your growth continue and make it even more so into the NHL. And we're really excited to see the future for you and for the Ottawa Senators growing together. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, guys, for having me. Awesome, man. Really appreciate your time. That was awesome, man. Stick taps to Tyler Clevin for joining us. Really fun conversation with him from Fargo, North Dakota. And we know North Dakota always listening in to Locked On Senators. Hashtag no Dak. Send. Pilsy, the breaking news though today, Bruce Garriock is reporting that the Senators are parting ways with Assistant General Manager Trent Mann. He's been the Ch- Sens Chief Amateur Scout for a number of years now. His brother just got fired as Belleville Senators head coach. And this also comes on the heels, interestingly enough, of Michael Anlauer making an appearance at Senators Development Camp. Do you think conversations were had? We also haven't even touched on the fact lost in all the Debrinket shuffle, and I almost feel like it was a bit of a news dump. The Senators' chief business officer, Anthony LeBlanc, also resigning effective immediately. So even though the ink isn't dry yet on the ownership papers for Michael Anlauer, the winds of change are here. Yeah, it certainly seems that way. And, and you know what? This is... This is a new era that the Senators are entering here. And I feel like both Troy and Trent Mann did really good jobs while they were here. Seems like they were genuinely passionate about making the Ottawa Senators a better hockey team uh, in the present and in the future. But it just seems like there needs to be some change happening. And maybe there was something that Michael Anlauer thought, hey, the drafting and developing isn't up to where he expects it to be and he wanted to make some changes. So it'll be interesting to see if and when and who will be replacing these roles and to see if there's kind of a a pattern that we can pick up on that maybe there's a certain direction that he wants this team to go in. It just seems like the timing is is what kind of confuses me. In in a sense, it makes makes reason that it would be after the draft they're about to start their process all over again and we know Trent Mann's main piece of helping this team has been in the draft he was the leading force behind Brady Kachuk being the pick at number four of course Pierre Dorian always has say on top 10 picks but it just feels like so quickly after being promoted I don't know 
But now all of, all of a sudden, the Senators' hockey operations is is back to being a little thinner without Trent Mann. They added Ryan Bonus. That president of hockey ops never came. But yeah. let's just say this. There's more change coming. Like, come on. There's no chance Michael Anlauer is coming in here and a couple pieces are going, but not everyone. No, I, I think we're going to see some serious changes here sooner rather than later. And I, I'm curious now about Pierre Dorian going on radio this morning. Like, he obviously knew. Right this morning, there's no chance that this has come you down in a matter of two hours. I would think at least. I, yeah. I'm guessing, but wow, what would you say Trent Mann's legacy is with the Ottawa Senators? Because Senators obviously trusted him based on the fact that outsiders thought he was wild for taking Drake Batherson. To me, was like the one where he knew as an East Coast guy, he knew there was this diamond in the rough. Drake Batherson, they got in the fourth round. Then they step up and take Brady Kachuk fourth overall in tw- in 2018. They hit a grand slam home run in the 2020 draft, but still outsiders would always rag on the Sens drafting strategy. Like where do you, where do you feel the, the, the truth will lie or the thought process will lie of the fan base towards Trent man. Yeah. It's going to be divided. I think Ross, because I think there's a good group of the fan base that is just like hashtag in Trent man, we trust. And it's like, we don't always agree with the decisions that he makes, but it's when you start looking at it and down the road, you're like, okay, at the time that seemed like a terrible decision, but it worked out like Ross, if I was in charge of the uh, Sens drafting, this team would have, um, would have Zadina. And if Byfield was available instead of Timmy, I would have done that at that time. Terrible, terrible choices, obviously, but yeah, I, I would and should have been fired. But at the time, you're sitting there being like, what are they doing? This is so different than the path that scouts and other teams seem to follow. But it works. And I've always said, I don't always agree with the drafting process that the Sens have, but I respect that they stick to their guns and they have principles that they follow. And it, it seems to work for them. So to, to answer your question, I think the um, Trent Mann's legacy is going to be being bold enough to go against the grain when it comes to drafting and scouting and developing because Ottawa, more than any other team, drafted so differently than everyone else. Like, it it became a a running joke between online scouts being like, how are the Sens going to shock us again this year? Like, there's no way they're going to pull off uh, a couple more wild reaches of draft picks or guys that are not on our best player available, right? So I think that's something that you got to commend him for is he didn't give a damn about what the consensus thought was of him. He had a process. He had a way of doing things, and that's what he did. So overall... I don't think there should be too many Sens fans that, you know, are more negative about Trent and Troy Mann than positive, in my opinion. Trent Mann joined the Ottawa Senators in 2011. He's worked for the team for 11 seasons. He spent the first six as an amateur scout. Then he filled Pierre Dorian's role as director of amateur scouting. When he replaced Brian Murray as GM, he'd been the director of amateur scouting up until July of last year when the day that Ryan Bonus was hired, Trent Mann was also promoted to that role. So Trent Mann leaves the Ottawa Senators after 11 seasons. What are your thoughts on it? Let us know in the comments below. We are very curious to hear what everyone thinks about this one. And we are also curious 
to know what's what's next. Like, what is next for the Ottawa Senators during this time of transition when the product on the ice, there's no excuses. To wrap up today's show, let's discuss Kevin Mandelazy's contract, Pilsy. It's been overshadowed by another breaking news item today, but I do really like the move to bring him back. He took less than his qualifying offer, but in exchange, he will make a little bit more at the AHL level. The cap hit is 775 league minimum, but he's making $110,000 in the minors. The qualifying offer would have seen that be closer to 90. So you're looking at a situation where he's going to play in the minors next year, but certainly he showed well in the National League during his short stint. Yeah, I think this is a great deal for Kevin Mandelese and the Ottawa Senators. Like I said it all along, he's going to be the guy that they stick with when you're looking at all of the, the other options that were available, like Dylan Ferguson being one of them. I knew they were going to stick with Mando. It just made too much sense. He's He's got a long way to go in his development. He's got that athletic style. Uh, he's a great character. Um, I think everyone in the organization can uh, kind of realize and recognize that. He did whatever this team wanted him to do. A couple games in the NHL, backing up in Belleville, and even playing a good chunk of games in the ECHL as well. So I think he's deserving of this contract, and it was the right move to – bump down the NHL cap hit and try to use that leverage to get a better minor league salary. He played in the NHL, the AHL and the ECHL last season. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see the graphic and all the stats. You can also find this on Twitter at send central. He has the record for third most saves in a first NHL start. He made 46 saves in a victory. Sorry. That's the key. It's most saves in an NHL win in their first, and it was a shootout win. So he had to go head-to-head against Bo Horvat and Kyle Palmieri in the shootout. He was able to make both those saves, and it was on the road on Long Island. The family was there. We had his dad on the show right after. What a highlight for him. He had a plus-three goal saved above expected, and a lot of that probably came from the first game. The second game and the third game, I think, were more kind of down-to-earth, although tough games. It was in Boston, second half, back-to-back in Calgary on the trip of death that killed Hmm. the season. And I thought he showed really well in the NHL. He was swimming a little bit in the crease, I think it's fair to say. But man, another couple of years, I think he's the definition of a technically sound goalie who just needs a slow and steady process to get to the NHL. So I'm not I'm not rushing him at all. I think if he plays all in Belleville, heck, he could even play a little bit in Allen again next year. By the way, news today, uh, Allen has renewed second yep. season. They're a part of the Sens organization, and Ottawa has plenty of goalies now, and they're going to need it. They used seven in the NHL last year. So Kevin Mandelazy, I think obviously he had his best numbers in uh, in the National Hockey League uh, compared to the AHL, which I found pretty uh, kind of confusing in a way. But uh, he had great numbers in the ECHL, uh, which, I mean, the, no real surprise there. Played played playoffs, but just good depth to have and a great hardworking kid too that we're really happy to see it for him and his family. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, really excited for Kevin that he's going to stick in this organization. And look, I don't think Mando is just going to kind of bow down and allow Marilina to secure that backup spot in Belleville. I think he's going to be battling for that. And do, do you know, this It might be a question for uh, some more cap knowledge um, people, but what happens to his salary if he plays in the East Coast League? Does he still get that 110? I think so. I think it's just called minus okay. salary. Okay. I think so, as part of the organization, 
uh, that's what he'll get. And um, as you can see on the side here, one of our topics is send shopping for another forward. Yeah, no, we're going to have to push that till tomorrow's <laughs> show because the senators have parted ways with assistant general manager, Trent Mann. So in the comments, let us know if there's any players you want us to discuss tomorrow because it is going to be rumor mill season and Pilsy let the people know what else we're bringing back for tomorrow's show. Oh yes. True. Tomorrow's show Wednesday. We're going to be doing this every Wednesday. Now send central citizens are back. They're, They're back. back. We are the show uh, by sense fans for sense fans. We are the people's pod. We're bringing the community back. We have so many people on our Sense Central uh, citizen list that now we're going to start getting to all of those people. So I'm fired up to do this again, Ross, because we were dialed into the draft. Off-season stuff happened, but now we have the uh, spot available for Sense Central citizens. So stoked about that. We're going to take full advantage of it. Cannot wait to share your stories with Senators fans. Any final thoughts on today's show, Pilsy? Wild. I love breaking news. I know the show's coming yeah. out a little bit later today and tomorrow just with work constraints, but it's worth it when you get breaking news. Obviously, we're wishing Trent Man all the best. We don't like to see people leaving the organization, but if news is going to break, we're per- preferably while we're recording would be great. Yeah, definitely before or during, not after recording is ideal for us. So yeah, that is some huge news. And I think it's going to be interesting to see the direction and Lauer goes here. That's what I'm excited about. But um, final thoughts for me are I'm very excited. Mando's back. Hope you guys enjoyed our Tyler Clevin interview. I guess it's more of a, a wrap up than final thoughts, but we're stoked to keep on going through the off season here. And later on, we're going to get back to our organizational value rankings. We were chit-chatting about that today. So that's a fascinating exercise that we do every year. So I'm excited for that too. And as a little teaser to that, later on this week or early next week, we're going to discuss who is the most important player on the Ottawa Senators. I put out a poll that's five days long, so you can still go have your say on Twitter at Sen Central. Is it Brady Kachuk or Tim Tutsla? And the answer is still up in the air. So go have your say there, and we'll discuss that later on on Locked On Senators. But for today, we say goodbye. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan, and this has been the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. <laughs>